Hey y'all, what's up? This is Matt, the host of the Honest Human Resources Podcast, aka me, and I have a very, very special announcement for y'all. This month is Mental Health Awareness Month, y'all. We have to do everything that we can do to keep, get, and stay into our best tip-top mental shape, y'all. It's so stressful nowadays just going through these not only Rona times, but things in life in general. So we got to do this together, together, not just me or you, but we have to break the stigma together all month long. We are dedicating every episode this month. And for those of y'all that can't count, that's four episodes, one less than five, one more than three. And we're dedicating those episodes to a different topic within the mental health space. So tune in. Thank you all for listening. And let's get back to the show. Hello, everyone. My name is Ajay Sharp. I'm the CEO and founder of Myth. And thank you all for listening to the Honest Human Resources Podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Honest Human Resources Podcast with your host, me, Matthew Kirby. And today we're going to be talking about another aspect of mental health with another legendary and dope co-host. I'm excited to talk about this conversation. You know, this past month or these past few weeks, we've been tackling mental health from all different aspects and all different angles, honestly. And this has been predominantly in the context of adults and the workplace and all of that, but we can't leave out and we can't forget about the youth. We got to show some love to the youth and the kids. So this is going to be a really important episode to definitely tune in again. You know, I'm so excited, so I'm just going to hop right into it. This has been an awesome month of conversation. So let's keep it going. Tajay Sharp is a recent graduate of Howard University. He currently has his Bachelor's of Science in Biology and Psychology as a dual major with Chemistry and Classical Civilization as a minor, a dual minor at that, y'all. He is currently the founder of a nonprofit organization called Mentoring Youth and Teens Health, a.k.a. MIST. And that organization is geared towards mental health awareness and youth development. He has also served as an undergraduate researcher for four years from Howard University to MIT to UCLA research experiences. Sharp has represented his country and school on the national and international level via conferences and research presentations. He is a Forbes Under 30 scholar and a fellow at the Clinton Global Initiative. Tajay is passionate about utilizing epigenetics research and international policy to achieve justice for marginalized communities with a focus on health equity. Hey, Tajay, what's up, man? You got a lot going on. How's it going? (laughs) Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you very much, and thank you very much for the warm introduction. I'm grateful for being here today to the Honest Human Resources podcast, and I'm just grateful to be talking about mental health during this month of May. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, know, like I was saying before, it's been been a long month having not only 
uh, these recordings, about a lot of different conversations on and offline about mental health. It's so important. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, we, we should know by now to make sure that we're healthy in our mental capacity. But, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes there's a lot. There's a lot of, I would say, you know, issues to that. And there's a lot of hurdles. So whether it's myths that we were dealing with, whether it was, you know, balancing work and life and mental health and just everything in between. So I'm excited to talk about this in the context of the younger people. But before I get into all of that, outside of what I just read, tell us a little bit more about yourself and your organization and how did you get started with it? Well, thank you very much again. And well, my name is Ajay, my name is Ajay Sharp. I'm a recent graduate of Howard University, graduated magna cum laude, grateful for that. I am from Kingston, Jamaica, and I came to America in 2016 in the hopes of like furthering my education. What I did not know at the time was all the mental health issues I was, was either plagued in my country back home in Jamaica or while traversing this new environment. So going to Howard was a very big step from like traveling, a new experience, new place, new place to go. And um, the best way I felt I could be involved was to learn more about mental health and how to help myself and issues that affect me. So that's when um, roughly in the, by the end of my freshman year, I started a num- I looked towards um, getting more exposure with mental health, going to the counseling center at Howard University. Um, and I just got to America, and I'd never seen the snow before. So the, my first time seeing the snow, it was really struggle. And I was going through um, um, SAD, Seasonal Affective Disorder. And that really, um, that really made a big impact on like what, how much I was able to perform academically. So I decided to um, learn about mental health and psychologists and speaking with these people. Um, gave me the drive and passion towards starting my own, my own um, practice at Howard University. I started it in, at the end of 2017, uh, mid-2017, calling Mentor Youth and Teens Health, myth, mainly because we have so much myth um, regarding mental health. So I said the best way to defy the myth of mental health is through myth, if you get what I'm saying. So I definitely started... Um, <laughs> I started myth along that line to defy mental health, working in different BCPS schools, um, BC public schools, and in Jamaica, and programming at different universities. Yeah, no, and you know when I when I first was able to to check out, you know, what you're doing with myth and how you're you're not only having an impact where you're at, right, in the DC area, but you know also being able to translate and helping those that are in your home, your home home in Jamaica. I think that's that's pretty amazing. And, you know, just focusing on not only the youth, you know, it seems that there is a lot of intersectionality and there's a lot possibly in common with, you know, issues that youth here in America are facing, specifically in the yes. D.C. area, versus where you came from in terms of Jamaica and how that looks. So, you know, just to kind of set up the stage a little bit, you know, we're going to get into some of those differences here shortly, but I got to ask you, and I, I do this for everyone, I want to ask you, how are you a human resource? 
Yes, thank you for that question. How am I a human resource? Well, definitely. Um, to take um, with every step, I am along my journey where I've gotten help. In such way to, to put that forward into other young individuals and, and helping other people to navigate the system. Um, as as a as a as a CEO and founder of Myth, um, I'm a resource where I'm able to provide where mental health certified work with my ment my mentees, actually able to lead them. If I'm unable to help them with something, I provide them with a reasonable outlet to um, further their development. I provide my mentees and all the people I work with with like internship opportunities where they can grow. If you're in my organization in Myth, I provide other resources where I help people like work on their resume and things like that. So I definitely see um, as a student leader, I've been a resource for myself and for international students. I was the president of the International Students Association at Howard University, where um, just helping international students learning how to navigate the whole country and how to get, get stuff like from the SSN to getting an internship opportunity, regardless of being an international student in the country. I got you and wow and that's you know that's that's a lot of uh different ways that you're a human resource you know you're like a you're almost like a one person show and definitely have a lot to <laughs> offer <laughs> yeah to not only the the students but really just anyone who's you know willing to be vulnerable enough to say you know what I'm dealing with such and such you know I came across myth let me take that first step so no shout out to you with everything you're doing with myth Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's one of those things, like I was just saying before, you know, I'm sure there's, you know, some similarities in between things that students, youth, kids, whatever you want to call it, face in D.C. or in the United States that are, in some senses, the same in terms of what they may face in Jamaica. And there's some differences. So can you kind of touch on, you know, what are some of those different experiences that you've seen, uh, not only during your time with myth, but also just in your life? And also, what are some of those similarities that you hold in the space? So thank you for that. Um, that just um, off the bat, some of one of the similarities I see is that um, regardless of where we come from and our background, either being first generation, second generation, third generation, we all go through mental health challenges throughout our lifetime. And it's gonna affect us in different ways. And between the age of 12 and 18 for youth, that's when most mental health issues would occur because that's when they have the most cognitive development. Um, so that's one of the similarities I've seen. Um, furthermore, in like Jamaica versus the United States, hypermasculinity has always been a major issue shown especially in the black community which stem from um, slavery days and is seen where young men are unable to express their feelings, um, just to, like realizing their options and opportunities out there for themselves. And furthermore, I think it's more, um, it's deeper embedded in Jamaican culture. Like if you're a man, you're not supposed to cry, you're not supposed to do this, then the third, but you need, you need to always show your strength and pride. And along that line, Another similarity is that the access to the, the lack of resources available to these in um, these low income communities or black communities in general. Many of us, um, I'm 
many of us in our communities don't even know that there's mental health resources available to us or if they're free or not. And then if we do see these resources, we're, we're also scared to say, how do we go about seeking help and bettering ourselves? So I think um, that's a major issue I've seen um, traversing Jamaica and the United States. Um, a difference, uh, difference is how we go about our mental health issues. Um, I think Jamaicans uh, pray about it a lot. That's really the excuse, uh, not excuse, but the, the only, one of the only media that Jamaicans would tend to deal with mental health issues by praying it over instead of actually getting like mental and behavioral health help in the united states not so i haven't seen that many issues regarding like they um people just prefer to pray about it but it's definitely predominantly done in the black communities in america another major difference in the structure um i definitely see the education system in jamaica and the education system here in america and that's definitely where i've been able to mentor students on the high school level in both countries. Um, Jamaican students know nothing about mental health, but they also have that innate drive that comes from their cultural background, where, um, where, where they will be practicing certain sayings from their grandparents and something that helped them to be moving along forward. In America, I definitely, um, I've seen where certain, certain cultural practices have been eradicated or like affected by in certain groups of people, either because like people just don't follow certain cultural practices that pass down from um, from their earlier generations, or that lack or that lack of continuity between like different generations. Got it. And I feel like you know a lot of what you've seen back in Jamaica is there's so much that is in common over here. Like when you talk about you know, that notion or that idea of hyper-masculinity, right? That, that's one that never goes away. And then just really, you know, having that same lack of access towards mental health resources. And then just even when we talk about, you know, just some of those common stigmas or some of those myths, right, pun intended, about uh, <laughs> mental health professionals and, you know, hey, I ain't crazy, you know, I don't need to go see no counselor, no therapist, you know, no this, no that. And I feel like for you, you know, you can definitely give me your take on this. So, you know, what what was kind of your sense, you know, when you first got over here or soon after you got over to the United States and you like, you know what? They having, you know, the youth are having some of the same kinds of issues that I see at home. You know, what was what was your take when you were able to get things in perspective? Just thank you for that. I, the, um, one of the best way for me, I was definitely before I even go into the question, I have to get into that perspective first, where I could um open to that realization. And when I just came to America, I was more closed off from my my Jamaican mindsets on like what I was used to and the norm. But to be more open minded and creating that perspective of other people, hearing their insights of their livelihood and how they traverse. America and that really made a big difference in how I understood mental health issues and challenges affect us. Um, just to go off of definitely what you said about hyper masculinity in the different countries, um, I, I came to America and I saw my friends portraying similar tendencies and issues that I have in Jamaica or I've seen in other in my in the country with my friends. 
and I'm saying, hey, we're all going through the same thing. But also in the in the United States and or just in general, the lack of black representation or like people of your of who looks people look like you in these positions and professional standpoint make it harder for us to seek the help that we need. We're used to seeing a white psychologist or possibly a white doctor. But if we go into the if we go into the psychologist's office and with a white person that may or, or a white person or someone not who do, who does not look like you talking about an issue or a concern relating to your community and has no other further experience with that community. You can't gonna get, you're not going to get the help you need or what you're seeking. So I've seen where like I may have had issues like speaking with um, a person that don't look at me or don't have the same experiences as me. It's important nonetheless to have different perspectives and understandings. And that's why it's important having like a diverse mindset and working with different people and groups of body. Um, coming to America, that's where I, I really work toward being in myth. And where we have diverse mindset of people able to provide different inputs based on their background and where they come from. Try to be less less on the experiences I only know come from Jamaica, but be more open to others. Yeah, and it's it's just so it's so amazing in a sense, you know, when I think about some of these kind of issues and struggles that our youth face. And I'm happy to know that you really focus on essentially those teenage years. You know, a lot is going on and you know, we got all kinds of things happening and it's like okay, all right, I'm going through, you know, physical changes. We're talking about puberty, you know, school is getting harder, you know, thinking about, you know, a lot of that can be middle and high school years. All right, I'm trying to figure out who I am. And now we're talking about self-identity. Okay, you know, I'm trying to be an adult, quote unquote, somewhat, because, you know, every, I feel like every younger version of us wanted to be an adult so bad when we were like <laughs> younger in three days and now we get there it's like dang I didn't know it's gonna be like this so now you're now you're flirting with different adult-like things like you know driving and you know maybe having a job for the first time school getting harder like I said uh during that phase also some of us could be in college and you know it's just a whole bunch going on and just thinking about how to really channel or even just talk to somebody about, you know, what's going on. I know there's, there's, there's gotta be a lot of misinterpretation, mis misunderstanding. So for you, when you finally do have the, the chance to sit down with a student or a group of students, how do you overcome or what are some of the things that you try to say to educate some of the youth and teens about the myth behind mental health as a way of encouraging them to, you know, not be afraid to reach out to someone who looks like them? Hmm, thank you. Um, hmm, good question. Uh, I definitely, um, when I go into the different spaces and schools, I normally work with the presentation and one, this, this one specific activity that I always do, no matter the room, if I'm speaking to younger kids, older kids, or am I having a, a space with adults, I speak about um, brushing your teeth. <laughs> it sounds funny, but um, if you take a second, just, just to think about this activity, 
we, um, I told, I would tell the, um, like a group, the whole group of body, um, hey, take up, close your eyes, take 60 seconds to think about the different steps you take to brushing your teeth. And then they would take the time and take the 60 seconds. And then, then I asked different people their responses. One person would say, hey, I wet my toothbrush first. Then I put the toothpaste on. And the next person would say, hey, I, wet my, I put the toothpaste on first. Then I wet the toothbrush. And then I wet the, the different methods that we each take. And then I, mm -hmm. I take that small scale thing as brushing your teeth and look at it's a wider scale. If we take a small task as brushing our teeth, the different steps, imagine we take about our day-to-day day, day -day lives. We all go about our, our life in different ways and we do different, different things to the same result. And some people may take a longer time, some might take even shorter, but we all take that necessary time to move forward. And I think that definitely opens a lot of eyes when it comes like situation-wise, saying you might, you might do a math problem in two steps, but... My friend over here gonna take an hour to to do that math question, and that's fine. But we get the different steps we take, getting what we need to get done is important, and that goes across in when we're talking about our health. Um, the steps that we take to going to the doctor to ensure that we're okay, um, the vitamins we take on a day-to-day -day basis, um, the the friends that we interact with just to get an understanding of other people and ourselves on a whole. So those different things goes into play in our day-to-day -day lives, into our mental health. Everything that we do has mental health in it. Literally, and I feel like when, when we really start to think about everything that we do, it's, it's so ingrained at this point that, you know, you can't really get away from mental health. And I was just thinking about what you said about, you know, brushing your teeth. I'm like, man. I don't think I'm going to think about that the same way. I'm like, you know, am I one of those <laughs> folks that wet the brush first or just put the toothpaste on and then go for it? You know, and I'm like, man, I think I, now I'm I'm just doing this exercise out loud. You know, I think I get the toothbrush, I wet it first, put the toothpaste on the toothbrush, wet it again, and then brush for like two minutes. And I'm like, wow, you know, just thinking about, you know, using that as kind of an example and analogy about, all the different steps that we have to to take and why this is important for our mental health. I kind of joke around every once in a while with some friends about, you know, how you eat cereal. Uh, and some folks, when you think about it, some folks, you know, they'll uh, pour their cereal, <laughs> pour the milk in there, and then they'll either A, they'll scoop it and just start eating it, or what I call the other set of people, like dippers, like they'll dip their cereal in the milk some and get it wet and then start eating it. So, you know, just yeah. kind of think about that. I'm like, wow, okay, yeah. And just thinking about how practically a young person, not just all of us, but especially the young people can think about mental health. If you had to tell them, I don't know, uh, three kind of steps to go about thinking about things, like what would you, what would you kind of say, hey, you know, think about this, this, and this whenever you're going through something. I definitely think about the position. I definitely think about the position you're in now and think about the position you want to be outside of this. And also um, project that energy. Um, I think sometimes the brain, if you think about the brain, it's hard to tell. Sometimes the brain can't tell the difference between reality and, and fiction. 
if you push your brain hard enough to believe in a in a time outside of the issues that you're having, it will become reality. And your brain will think that your brain will think it's reality and work towards that reality as a natural drive. And that's definitely something I press on with my mentees. Um, I know there are moments where I'm from a personal example. Um, last year, summer, um, last, uh, well, recently, actually, I got an internship with UPenn for neuroscience, uh, your neuroscience fellowship. And it was supposed to start this June, but it was canceled during COVID. I, in the situation, saying this really broke my spirit, but I also thought, what's the position I wanted to be after COVID, after this whole quarantine outbreak? What do I want to see for myself? And because I can manifest that, that thought, it becomes reality as I work towards it. So I started, um, regardless of missing that, inter that, that fellowship opportunity, I started taking online courses. Like There are a lot of free online courses going on right now. So I started that becoming certified in different areas, expanding my knowledge, working on myth further in Howard and different ways. So I project what I want to see myself. I project... The <laughs> The bigger me, the better me after this. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you bring up a good point. So look, I'm gonna take this time now. Let's let's just do a quick check in and quick follow up. You know, how are you personally dealing with everything uh COVID related? You know, I feel like it's been some months now. How are you holding up? Uh what have you been doing to uh keep mentally healthy and you know what's it looking like over there in DC? Uh thank you for that. Um, well, overall, in regarding this COVID outbreak, what I've I've been I, well, it was being thrusted into taking online classes was really hard. Um, I was mm -hmm. taking eight courses at the time, and some of them were stuff that need to be done in person. So it's like I what one step I had to take for myself was emailing all my professors, letting them know ahead of time, say, hey, these are certain issues I'm going on, being international. Um, I may because I'm well, um, I had to relocate from DC, Howard University moved all students off campus that's i'm currently in new york with my family here okay so i had to be like traveling so i had to like tell my professors i had to do the same way i had to be getting ahead of my day i had to be getting ahead of this covid outbreak with my professors let them know what i'm good um and if i need any help how they can help me um i had to be more open to other people speaking to other people as well um that's definitely something i had to do during this outbreak a lot of international students were affected by this that come to the country for college. So um, regardless of the outbreak, I've been working with the university to help these international students um, get housing or any options or anything like during this time to help alleviate the stresses. Um, certain issues that I personally felt, um, just like a lack of um, funding opportunities. I lost my internships, um, lost my internship opportunities, um, job opportunities. And nonetheless, I still worked hard in different areas. I was I was managed to get my I managed to get my 4.0 this semester, graduating summa cum laude, um, applying for other job opportunities and other things nonstop and hoping for the next step in, in my life. So yeah. Yeah, and I, I know it's been, you know, just so much going on. And first, I want to say shout out to you, um, especially with the academic space and achievements. It, I'm sure it has definitely paid off. And, you know, just when I think about folks who are going in school right now, I don't care what level you're at, you know, 
perhaps that adjustment to online all of a sudden does pose some challenges. And like you were taking eight classes, jeez, you know, I know that's, that's at least about what, 24 credit hours or so, if not more, that's a, that's a load. So, uh, you know, just the fact that you made it through all of that. Yeah. And I, yeah, I won't even begin to speculate. Like just when I think about students now, I won't even begin to speculate, you know, well, what if you're taking a class that has a lab, you know, like something science related, how does that work out? And it sounds like, you know, Howard has done a, a pretty good job at, uh, you know, adjusting and making sure folks transition. Um, I went to A and T, so it's all HBCU love, anyways. And uh, HBCU, <laughs> you know. And uh, you know, between uh, between Hampton and Howard, you know, I still go back and forth which one is the real HU. So, uh, you know, make make it. Uh, <laughs> we know how it's a real HU, but we can right. leave it. <laughs> and you know, it's it's just amazing that, especially for international students, I'm like, man that's a whole nother kind of like level of things to consider because it's not like, you know, let's just say if, you know, I or someone who was from the United States was going through the situation, you know, they can just go home or, you know, family house or somebody like that. Whereas, you know, some folks, and hopefully this hasn't been too widespread may have had to, you know, go back to their countries if housing wasn't found or provided. So just thinking about all of that, you know, that can definitely put a damper in things. But needless to say, and I'm, I'm glad to have heard you hear, say this, and just for everyone that's listening, you know, we, yes, it's cool to be dealing with things, especially as it relates to, you know, being uh, sheltered in place all of a sudden or whatever the case may be, but also just being able to find enough strength, enough courage to really persevere and, uh, you know, push through this as much as possible. So I'm glad that you were able to find a way. And then just thinking about myth, how have you all adapted to uh, COVID? Are you all doing, you know, more virtual type of activities or what's that look like for you all? Honestly, it was, a, it was honestly one of the hardest time period um, transition because at the same time, I, just, I was just able to establish the whole university chapter for myth. And then I was looking towards um, further developments at other universities. Then this whole COVID outbreak ha occurred. It was immediately where I was like, okay, I'm about to graduate. I'm having all these classes, but I do not want to stop myth because I saw the importance of helping teens or helping youth at this time even more important than before. Because we're all mm -hmm. back at home in our different areas and spaces and being isolated or whatever issues that we're going through. We need mental health. It's the best way forward. So um, what I, I spoke with, um, I was able to effectively um, complete the Howard University chapter and then work with the, current, the new e-board. We started a whole month off um, between the outbreak of in, in March, early, early March, to now we've had, we've done like a mental health TikTok where we had the different members showcasing that different stuff that we do that we send to our teens. Mm -hmm. Our mentors, some of our mentors are still able to work with our mentees virtually. Um, via Zoom, so they would call in, checking on their mentees and stuff like that. One of the mentees um, sent a, a report recently saying they really appreciate the fact that Myth was able to maintain the work with them, regardless of not being with them. And I really enjoyed the fact of being able 
um, on Friday, even um, over, over the past two weeks, we've had a few Instagram lives, um, mental health quarantine. We've been having like a few talks upcoming as well, like with um, different people from the Howard University Counseling Center, yoga session, and different ways to maintain mental health. We, provide, we continue to provide resources to different communities like right now. Um, we're currently involved in a community outreach project with um, one of my mentees. She started a, a, a two ways to give community project, which is like where we write letters to people in old um, retirement homes, like old people homes. And it will be emailed, it will be, no, it will be mailed to the location, then it will be laminated um, just so that people won't be like touching the actual letters. And then um, wiped off and cleaned and then presented to people in retirement home to remember that there's still the people we still care about them during this time and just provide them a letter of like hey hey you're an amazing person i hope you're safe during covid and and we love you and all that that really goes a long way and i realized i want me to continue working in the different spaces and rooms um to ensure we are active known and we want to make sure this myth is no this myth will become a fact of mental health no, I, I love it. And I'm happy that you all were and are able to adjust to everything that's going on, you know, regardless or not as different states, areas, you know, how, however you want to look at it, are opening that. And some, in some instance, there is going to be a new normal. You know, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be extremely important to be open to adjusting and really reaching out to those that you not only serve directly with youth and teens, but also, hey, don't forget about, you know, the adults and don't forget about especially the the elderly community. You know, I know across the country, you know, there's like outbreaks going on within the nursing homes and, and all of that. And, you know, that's uh it's gotta be a tough time, you know, if you're you're in there and you got a roommate and, you know, they may pass away from uh COVID, you know, that can be very damaging, mm-hmm. and I like how that you all are really taking it back old school. Like, I feel like you all are kind of mm-hmm. being like a penthouse in a sense, um, you know, just sending those letters and those those really heartwarming kind of thoughts and gratitude and say, hey, you know, we're, we're thinking about you. You know, it's a tough time, but we want to let you know that we love you, we support you, stay safe, stay healthy, and just, you know, show them that little gift and small token appreciation. So I'm loving how you all doing that. And then just to touch on some of the other things that you're doing, you know, I know you all have, you know, different sites and different partnerships that you all are working with, especially with uh, grade school students. So like high school, middle school, things of that nature. How are you all kind of keeping that communication open as students themselves are transitioning and have been doing uh, online courses? How are you all keeping up with them? Well, some of our mentors, are, well, just well regarding the letters and everything. Yeah, sometimes we have to go old school. I remember I got a letter recently, and it meant the world to me. Like reading and opening a letter from from someone who you love that cares about you, and it means a lot. Just uh, even not even a text message, an actual letter makes a difference. Um, just keeping up with the mentees now. Uh, it's really it's really been very very hard um but i see where we try to make the room to help as in many people as possible where some of us have been tutoring online i personally have started tutoring um tutor um 
speaking, having mentor session online and tutoring some of these students. Um, the Clinton Global Initiative um, fellow that I'm a part of, they started um, online tutoring services for underrepresented community, and I've been involved in that. Currently, with um, currently being in New York, I have two younger cousins, and just like to provide them with some type of, even in this regard, I want to be a mentor to them to help them out in other ways to navigate beyond beyond what's going on and around them. With some of the students who are transitioning, um, I, it's been hard. It's been a bit hard reaching out to like let's say international students that be transitioning into the United States. Um, I, um, for like high from high school to college, but I've still made it my duty to like reach out to the one and two people that I do know or hear about that's ha having issues and difficulties, how I can help, or if I can't help them personally, I definitely know someone like at Howard University or within my network of like international students who can reach out to them, provide them with more feedback. Um, I know um, that I <laughs> I'm currently in this Jamaica Howard University network with um, a few help um, professionals in Jama um, from Jamaica in the United States working. And there, um, there's a few of us that are mentees within the program. I reached out to the, my mentors to ask them to host um, a mentor session for graduating seniors so we could know like how best we can navigate. Like some of us have never bought an apartment before, never paid rent. We've never done a lot of things. So I want us to like, create this net more networking space for each other where we can understand more and best ways to navigate. Because I know for a fact, like before, um, before this outbreak, I was more along the line of where I knew what I wanted to do, but this whole way disrupted my livelihood. But we also need to be open to say, yes, this has been destroyed or this has been affected. How can we move forward and network with each other and someone who's in a position to help us? And that's what I always try to do. If I'm in a position to help someone who's not, I provide them that venue. I've worked with um, the Advocates for Youth Council, and we've had like a yoga, we've had mental health session, like a mental health just talking about the different people affected, different communities from Black people, Brown people, LGBTQ, um, different, diff various different groups of communities. So we've definitely tried to maintain that. Um, connection and network is the most important thing that I think is at this time. Yeah, and that's and that's that's so awesome to hear that you all are even in spite of everything that's going on that there's still that ability to not only shift but to change but to really adapt and just try to try to make it happen and uh try to make it work. So you know just thinking about everything that you all are doing you know, especially where you're at, like physically right now in New York, I know they aren't going back to any sort of normal no time soon, at least for us uh, in California, specifically in my area. We're slowly trying to get into like those later stages of getting back to normal. But, you know, in the meantime, you know, I know that you all are doing so much good for the communities that you serve. How can folks get involved? How can they become a part of MISS? You know, what are you all looking for? Well, definitely. Um, since I'm graduating now, um, MIT is definitely in the time of development in the DMV area and in other areas. So we're, we have current, we're on our website, mythprogram.com, we have open applications for um, people in from areas in photography, grant writing, 
um, program directing, and these are stuff that we can be done remotely, especially with like grants writing. We're hoping to reach out to Mental Health First Aid USA in the in the future to um, provide free mental health first aid classes to students just to be able to get this type of certification and learning. Um, other ways people can be involved in it by tuning in to our IG live. We have one coming on this Monday on Myth Program at Myth Program on Instagram. I'll be talking about topics raising how to live in a toxic, how you how living in a toxic environment during quarantine. We're having different guests on, on file. We're interested in any type of partnerships or knowing about organization that we could further develop to other universities. So yeah, definitely look on the website and find out more information. Either apply on a board, be a board member. We're having applications running through to the end of June. And yeah, pretty much. Yeah, no. Be and, involved you know, I, mental health wise. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and, I was just saying, you know, everyone, I think regardless, oh, my bad. Oh, no, you're good. I was Go saying, ahead. regardless of, um, <laughs> yeah, I was saying, regardless of, we all know the essential workers are the people on the front line, but we all need to have that essential mindset nonetheless. Everyone where we are able to understand how we can help other people during this time, even a small note to say, hey, how are you doing? Or checking in with your friend, that goes a long way. You may not be the one um, with the scrubs on and the mask on, um, going to work every day, risking your life in that regard. But you can be, you can have that essential mindset where you're, where you're doing something out of the bit to help someone else, other people. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad that you brought brought up that point. You know, not um, not all heroes are in scrubs and masks right now. There's a lot of them. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, we can all do our part. We could all contribute. We can all help one another. So real quick, Pajay, what's uh what's next for you? You know, I know you're you're a recent grad. You know, do you do you feel any type of way about not having a traditional kind of graduation ceremony? And, you know, even beyond that, you know, what are what are you looking to get into? What's next? <laughs> yes, definitely. Um uh, I definitely feel a way about not having to have a traditional ceremony. I did when I left my country in Jamaica. The one of my first thought leaving my, my family back home was to see my mom come to my graduation and see me walk backstage um, this year. And we, were, we made the arrangements for this. So that really took a toll on me. Um, just a few opportunities I've had have been um, canceled or denied because of because of the COVID outbreak, but I'm still currently doing research opportunities at Howard University, writing papers. I'm hoping to finish a, men, um, a mental health paper do, um, regarding COVID. Uh, in the, I'm plan, my hopes are to graduate for my graduate school at UCLA or um, the graduate school in either graduate school next year. I'm hoping to work for the rest of this year while expanding my nonprofit in the DMV area and continue to do research and like other remotes are work workforce. Got it. Well, no, I'm, you know, I'm happy that, you know, you, you got a plan, you got a goal in mind and Hey, if you find yourself on the West coast, come on out. It's uh it's beautiful out here. And, you know, if anything, we're not as bad as other places 
in the uh, United States when we talk about cases <laughs> and all that stuff. And I tell you what, I tell I tell people this all the time, you know, as progressive as California normally is on stuff, you know, we're being really conservative about opening up. So uh, don't have to worry about us, at least out here, doing anything prematurely. And, um, you know, just for you being in New York and between D.C. and all that, you know, definitely offering up those prayers and just all the states over there who are either open or about to open or any of that. So, you know, definitely keep as healthy in this case, keep as remote as possible. And before we go, before we get out of here, tell people how they can connect with you. How can they connect with myth? And most importantly, how can they keep the conversation going about this topic? Yes, um, definitely can connect through myth on our website www.mythmythprogram.com and you can also reach out to us on our Instagram and our Twitter mythprogram my, my information is on there we have a tab that you can email us or mentoringyouthprogram at gmail.com I'm open to like anyone interested in being a part of the e-board or learning more about what we do in myth I'm very grateful very grateful to to speak with you today and just look forward to hearing from any feedback from anyone else yeah absolutely no thank you for uh jumping on today i know uh i know things can be uh hectic especially you know with graduation season here and now but you know everyone's making the uh the best you know efforts they can and thank you for having such a, a positive spin on things and really thank you for having an organization like this um now that i think about it you know, I may have to uh, connect you with and folks who have been listening to my episodes this month. I did a uh, did an episode uh, with the organization Think Happy, Live Happy. Shout out to Erica for that organization. And she's in the same area. So I definitely might have to connect you all. You all on the same wavelength. But thank you to Myth. Thank you to all the other organizations that are really just trying to keep everyone sane in more ways than one. So as you all know, I enjoy these conversations and thank you all for not only sticking with me, it's not all the time that I do all episodes for one topic. And I hope you all have enjoyed these different conversations and different aspects about mental health. And with everyone that I've spoken with this month, it's been a pleasure, it's been a blessing. And, you know, mental health don't stop. You know, May may end and may go by, but mental health is year-round, 365, 24-7. Y'all know how it goes. So thank you again, Tajay. I really appreciate it. And we're looking forward to seeing how myth does and how they grow and going from there. All right. Thank you very much for having me here on the Honest Human Resources podcast. And I'm grateful. And thank you guys for all tuning in today. All right, y'all, until next conversation next month, in this case, sheesh, get ready for season three because there's a lot that we got going on. We're going to keep it going. So thank you all, and this has been another dope episode of the Honest Human.